Well, what beautiful worship we've enjoyed this morning. And I'd just like to thank Joss and the worship team um, for leading us in such um, beautiful, uh, Christ-honouring, lively worship. And if you'd like more, come tonight. Joss was too humble to mention that she's the specially imported preacher for tonight. But Sunday night at 6, lovely, lively worship. Uh, normally led by the young people, but I think they've all fled to the, to the north or st stayed sleeping in bed this morning, which isn't a bad idea. Um, but we'll be there and it'll be a great time of worship together. I was reading one of my favourite writers for a while this morning, Eugene Peterson. One of his books, and I just happened to open it, and I'd read this before, uh, the chapter entitled The Last Word on Worship. And I thought this was particularly interesting. He says, many a congregation, when it assembles in church, must look to the angels like a muddy, puddly shore at low tide, littered with every kind of rubbish and odds and ends, a distressing sort of spectacle. And then the tide of worship comes in. And it's all gone. The dead sea urchins and the jellyfish, the paper and the empty cans and the nameless bits of rubbish on the seashore. The cleansing sea flows over the whole lot and the rubbish is gone. So we're released from a narrow, selfish, so we are released from a narrow, selfish outlook on the universe by a common act of the miracle of worship. I hope that's been your experience so far this morning as we've gathered for worship together. Rod intimated before that the last few weeks have had their challenges for us and I've, I've been feeling very passionate for the great church here at Kilside South. You folk are in a state of transition, aren't you? And I suspect that there are some emotions that are coming and going, a little bit of uncertainty, <clears throat> not quite sure <coughs> excuse me, what the future holds for you. And I thought that we take a step back from following through the, the messages from Peter, although that's not altogether true, because as I was looking at the passage that I was expecting to bring to you this morning, I felt not, not quite the right time. But I looked right down to the end of that section that I was going to bring to you to... Where are we? <laughs> to the beginning of early part of chapter 3 and verses 8 and 9. And these scriptures just jumped at me, uh, up at me and I thought these are the words of encouragement and guidance and support which I think will undergird whatever emotions are pulsating through your hearts and your minds and the life of the church. Let me assure you again that all is not doom and gloom. 
Hillside South Church is not going down. Do you know why? For two good reasons. One is that you folk are here. And the second reason is that Christ is here and he's the Lord of the church. And that you've got, you've got such a strong, united, prayerful group of deacons whom you have appointed into office who are meeting and working tirelessly and prayerfully. Let me assure you of that. I've met with them several times over the last four weeks and it's an absolute blessing to meet with them. And Under the guidance of human beings committed to Christ, this church is in a very, very good position. So let me encourage you with that and let me encourage you with these beautiful words from Peter. We've just read those stirring words from his first sermon after the resurrection, after the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the day of Pentecost. And coming towards the end of his life, writing these two letters that we have in the New Testament, these are very, very special words that he wrote. And I think they're words that will encourage us, lift us up, put a fresh spring in our step as we move out into a new week and into a new financial year, in case you hadn't realised that, for what that's worth. I was just reminded at Coles yesterday, it seemed as though the Lord was returning. One day left. Um, <laughs> but I gather that was talking about something else. That's got nothing to do with worship. These words, 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 8. Finally... <laughs> It's a very risky word. I think that's where a lot of preachers got bad habits, where they got towards what the congregation thought was the end of the sermon, and they'd say, finally, or lastly, and it did last. <laughs> but Peter says, finally, all of you, no one excluded, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. That's the scripture reading for this morning, two verses. And you might like to reflect on that during the week. What beautiful words, words of encouragement and strength and, and confidence uh, a time to reflect on our growing dependence upon God during this time of transition. So Peter says, finally, whatever that means, I think he's so full of what he's writing about, every now and again he interrupts the flow of his teaching and pauses and writes a bit more about the gospel and then pauses a bit more and sort of summarises words of encouragement for the people he's writing to. And he thinks he's probably getting close to the end of his letter, but he's only about halfway through. But he says, finally, in other words, take notice of this. Here's a thought that's come to my mind. It may be of help to you. Finally, this is important. And then he says, all of you, and I love those words, all of you, because... The church of Jesus Christ is not made up of, of a lot of individuals, but rather 
people who are bonded together by the Holy Spirit through our common love for and absolute commitment to our Lord Jesus Christ. And that commitment and that bonding doesn't separate us as a whole lot of individuals, but it brings us together as a family of God's people. And these words are so, so beautiful. Finally, all of you, no one excluded. Now, friends, we need to remember this because I think sometimes, and this is no, no reference necessarily to Kilsyth South, but sometimes churches can be fairly lonely places for people who may feel that they haven't got a special friend and after church when everybody's in their groups having um, good conversation together, some people just wonder where they belong. Who can they go and talk to? And I must confess, back at our church, I often look around for people in the foyer or at the back of the church where everybody's having tea and coffee and so on and just see if there's someone alone, someone that hasn't been engaged in conversation. Terribly important to make everybody in our church family feel welcome because of this phrase, all of you, no one excluded from the riches of God's grace and the fellowship of God's people. And we, we thought about that last week when we were talking about some of the, the beautiful titles given to God's people in Peter's writing where he talks about God's people being living stones, that is, honed and shaped on every face because we've got to fit in with each other but even more than that we've got to be melded into Jesus Christ who is also the living stone so that beautiful image reinforces again uh, it reinforces for us again that we belong to each other we fit together and then Peter goes on and gives us some words of instruction, some words of encouragement. He says, firstly, live in harmony with one another. Isn't that a beautiful word? Live in harmony. And the first, word that, the first thought that came to my mind was the, the rich harmony created by an experienced orchestra under the skilled direction of the conductor. Isabel and I went to a school concert at Camwell High School a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was in the Hawthorne Town Hall um, because our eldest grandson has just commenced secondary school at Camwell High School. And he's playing the, what is it, the trombone, I think. <laughs> Huge thing, up and down. And he's been learning a trombone for about six months. And I asked him after the concert, how many different notes did you have to play in your piece? Was it eight or ten? <laughs> he wasn't quite sure. But there they were, this junior orchestra comprising students in year seven and eight. Um, it was their turn to play and the, the conductor stood there with his arms up ready to, to go down and everybody waited for the first note. <laughs> were they going to hit it or not? <laughs> Some did, <laughs> quite a number didn't. <laughs> and I couldn't help noticing 
a lovely little girl in the front row playing a violin and she got the giggles <laughs> because she was in the next, the next orchestra up and she got the giggles when these sevens and eights, some of them hit the right note, the others didn't. But having said that, it was beautiful entertainment and there was some harmony. But they got through it. I remember when I was chaplain at Kilvington Grammar School, um, every year we had a, a fabulous music night at the Robert Blackwood Hall at Monash University. And the first item of, of each concert was normally the senior orchestra. And on this particular occasion, I recall, they were on the front of the platform at Robert Blackwood Hall. Um, we'd been very happy, very um, privileged to hire the services of a a highly esteemed music educator and orchestra leader in, in Melbourne schools, George Logie Smith, whose name may mean something to some of you. And there he was, standing in front of the orchestra, ready to lead the orchestra. But he'd got a message that one of the girls, the violinist, had been held up a little bit, but she had arrived. So George Logie Smith waited with the orchestra, all ready to go, kept his eye on the door leading onto the stage, saw it open, and this girl begin, began to emerge. What did George Logie Smith do? He walked all the way through the orchestra down to the back of the hall, and he greeted this girl, put his arms around her, and just gave her encouragement and said, everything's okay, come with me and I'll lead you to your place. Which he did, right down to the front of the orchestra, sat her down, gave her a a short period of time just to gather her thoughts and stop a heart beating at a million miles an hour. And when she was ready, he looked around, everybody was ready, and off they went. Never forgotten that beautiful gesture of caring for one person, one person who was important in creating the harmony for that orchestra. And friends, every one of us is that person. That's how important we are. We've all got a tune to sing. We've all got a note to contribute. We've all got a part to play to create that beautiful harmony together. And let me say, people out in the community take notice when Christians live in harmony together because as I've already said on one or two occasions uh, that's where all these things are learned in the church fellowship this is like a laboratory for these qualities to be discovered and acquired live in harmony together and then Peter goes on and says be sympathetic beautiful word isn't it be sympathetic share each other's needs listen before you speak because somebody who's talking to you may have a special need that they would like to share with you listen to that be responsive to feelings be caring as a result of the offerings that you good people bring on our communion Sundays there's food available to be given out during the week and we had one such man call in during the week in need of food 
And he shared, shared with us his story and as best you can try and discern its, its legitimacy and so on. We gave him some food. Just entering into his life. Nothing great, but it all happens because of the thoughtfulness and the kindness of you people. Be sympathetic with words, with listening, with actions where they are appropriate. And then Peter goes on and says, love as brothers. Love as brothers. Love. That love theme comes back again, doesn't it? And just going back through the letters of the, the chapters of this letter, in each chapter, Peter has reminded us of the beauty and the importance of love. Here it is again. Love as brothers. And that was such a rich experience in Peter's life. Because again and again, I can't help thinking of that that time after the resurrection when Jesus met Peter down by the Sea of Galilee had been out fishing and Jesus confronted Peter as you know with those questions do you love me more than these and I think that was a probing question that Peter carried with him for the rest of his days love love one another because God has loved you be compassionate. Very sim similar to being sympathetic. Be compassionate. Bear each other's burdens. Beautiful scripture, isn't it? Bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Be compassionate. Be humble. We know the humility of Jesus. He humbled himself as a servant and he journeyed all the way to the cross. Be humble. Have a balanced estimate of yourself. Avoid an exaggerated feeling of self-importance. But having said that, don't devalue yourself because God loves you. Be humble. And this is where our Christian experience becomes so totally different from the world. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. Wow, what a word that is. And it's got to start with us, folks, before we can expect people out in the world to understand that. No evil for evil. No insult for insult. What revolutionary teaching. This is the way of the world. The way of the world. We shouldn't be drawn into that, into that way of living. What a pity that our, our parliaments, state, federal, all around the world, our legislators, our decision makers, work on a model of those in government and the other mob are the opposition. And don't they enjoy being the opposition, whoever it is. What a wonderful thing it would be if somehow our parliamentary system demonstrated a model where whatever label they wear, they come together for the good of the nation that they're leading. Sure, they can have healthy debates and so on, but not to the extent of tearing each other apart. 
conflict, an adversarial model, struggle. Peter says, no evil for evil. But then he goes on and emphasises with these words, but with blessing. In other words, visit evil with blessing. What a revolutionary model that is. But that's what we're called to do. But with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing yourself. Repay evil with blessing. Friends, that's the Jesus model, isn't it? That's the model of living, relationships that we've been called to emulate and live out every day of our lives. And the place where this model of living commences is right here. Then we go home, we put it into practice at home. And when we find it works at home, we start trying to put it into practice in our workplaces. And people begin to notice different levels and qualities in our relationships with other people. I can remember years ago seeing a movie called Pay It Forward. I don't know whether any of you remember that. I think it was, it was screened round about the year 2000. It was set in Las Vegas and the setting was in a school. The school teacher had a class of year seven students. He was their social studies teacher and he set them an assignment and it was simply this. You young people are to devise and put into practice a plan that will change the world for the better. Got that? Wow. What an assignment. Well, young Trevor got together with some of his friends and they wrestled with a few ideas and Trevor put together this plan. His plan is a charitable program based on the networking of good deeds. He calls his plan Pay It Forward. This means that anyone who receives a favour does a favour on to three other people rather than paying the favour back. Paying it forward. I can remember Isabel's sister telling us some time ago that she went into a service station to get some fuel for a car, went to the counter to pay up, and the man in front of her turned around to her and said, don't worry, your bill's been paid. Amazing. Pay it forward. This guy didn't even know Jan. Pay it forward. Worth trying out, isn't it? taking the initiative and doing something that will bring a blessing to another person without them expecting any such action from you. Don't repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with a blessing, because to this you are called so that you may inherit a blessing. And haven't we all inherited so many rich blessings, countless in number. Friends, these are words from Scripture. This is 
God speaking to you and me through Peter, through his up and down experiences of life. He was no great saint, but he was a man of God and he had a passion for the gospel and he had a passion for living honourably with Jesus. I trust those words will be a blessing to you this morning. Friends, we're going to conclude our service in a slightly different way this morning. And I've invited six people to come out and lead us all in prayer, featuring on several aspects of our life together in this church. And so these people are going to join me up here on the platform. Elijah Slatter, Loris Purser, Shelley Woolands, Nina Thomas, Mark Haywood, Matthew Brown. And I've invited these six people, ordinary members of our congregation together, to lead us in prayer about a specific area of our life together. And if you're able to, I'm going to invite you to stand so that together we can pray as these people lead us. Thanks, Graham. I'm just going to pray for our, our youth ministry within the church, so I just invite you all to bow your heads. Uh, dear Lord, I just thank you for the enthusiastic bunch of teenagers we have this, within this church. Uh, just thank you for their willingness to serve um, and just their passion for, for growing your kingdom. I just pray that uh, as we as youth leaders would have um, the energy to keep coming on a Friday night and enjoying the, the fun activities and games that we, we dive right into. But I just pray that we also feel equipped and enabled to, to have those honest and open conversations in small groups. Uh, I'd just also like to, to pray for the, the youth families and parents as well. Um, that they, they keep bringing their, their kids along on a Friday night, but that, that ministry also continues during the week as, as dinner table conversations mm. open up um, about what they've learned on a Friday and on a Sunday. Um, so I just bring these things before you um, as we reflect on a first half of the year that's gone by um, and that the next two weeks of holidays an opportunity to rejuvenate and re-energise um, our ministry uh, moving forward as well. So I just bring these things before you. Amen. Loving Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the blessing that's ours in being part of your church here at Kilsyth South. We thank you, Lord, for the way that you have guided and led us over the past. And we're trusting you to do the same in this new stage of our journey. Mm. We pray for all those on the pastoral search committee who've been set this task of finding the person that you would have to be our senior pastor. Lord, we ask that you will bless us with your discernment so that we can move forward with confidence knowing that as your spirit moves within each one of us, you will draw us to the person who will fulfill your purpose and your plan for this place. We thank you again for the honour and privilege of being your people mm. in this place. Mm. We pray this in the precious name of our loving Saviour, Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, 
Thank you that you have made us all unique and special and that you love all of us as we are and can see all that we are to become. We pray that you will embrace and unite all the young adults in this church and help them to try and not figure this life out on their own, but to lean on you at all times. I pray for all the leaders and helpers of young adults. Please help us and equip us to be able to support, encourage and guide them through life struggles and good times. Thank you so much that all things are possible through you. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to bring the leadership of the church before you this morning. We thank you so much for each and every one that make up our diaconate here at Kilsai South. Lord, please give them rest as they've had many meetings, they've had many decisions and lots of prayer. We thank you, Lord, for the unity that this wonderful team have. We thank you, Lord, for the wisdom that they gain through you. We pray, Lord, that you will continue to encourage them as they wait upon you, as they wait upon what the future holds and decisions that need to be made in our leadership of this church, of your church. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for their commitment of meeting for going out at night, for leaving their families to go and do the work that you want for them to be doing here at the church. Lord, please be with them at this time as they particularly oversee our young adults and youth ministry, as they support the leaders and for those that will step up and take on some new challenges. Help them, Lord, to provide that encouragement, that teaching. And above all, in all things, Lord, may they continue to look to you and may you continue to grow them. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this wonderful team that's been appointed here. Dear Lord, we thank you for the many ways that you have blessed our church congregation with families that love and honour you and with children that are growing strong in their faith for you. We ask that you work in the lives of these children through the stories they hear in C4K and from family and friends and we ask that they may grow to love Jesus with all their hearts and demonstrate this love to others. We ask that your blessing, ask for your blessing for our C4K leaders as they guide our children in godly paths May they keep strong to their faith and continue to be positive, caring and supportive role models. We thank you, Lord, for David Bruddock and his leadership over our children's ministry. Thank you for his wisdom, patience, kindness and compassion as he seeks to encourage our children in the ways of Jesus. As we begin the school holidays, Lord, we pray that you will place your protective hands over our church families and children. We ask that you keep them safe and well. May you provide opportunities over the break for families to spend time together, to rest, to experience your love and grace, and to share their faith with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, Father, we uh, recognise the unexpected levels of responsibility that have come on uh, our pastoral staff, and we know uh, that uh, Jeanette's been occupying the desk where the bus has stopped oftentimes, and... uh, 
it's been a challenging uh, year and a half or so for her. We pray for her to really feel part of the congregation and deeply valued. We pray for Graham uh, stepping in for these six weeks and we just appreciate uh, uh, the steadiness of an experienced hand and we pray that you give him great judgment in how to have the best possible influence over the remaining uh, month of July. But we pray also for the entire congregation, each person, each family, uh, considering their own relationship to KSBC and uh, thinking through the identity of the church and who we are uh, without a pastor at the head. Uh, really healthy exercise, Lord, but unsettling for people. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would uh, help each person here to recognise the part they have to play in the congregation and that uh, the church does have an identity even in between pastors. Uh, we are a people here. So, Lord, we look to you for that identity and we pray that when we get uh, that person in the senior position, they wouldn't have to form the identity of the church. They would find a church with an identity. And so let us find our identity in Christ and as uh, one small representation of the worldwide body of Christ and uh, each of us individually, let us find our security, our strength, our identity in you. And uh, Lord, it's best if most of us can come to gatherings of our congregation and gatherings of parts of the church's life, not so much needing assistance and needing help from others, but ready to give with something extra, something over. Uh, that we can put into the lives of others. So equip us privately, Lord, personally, in our times with you. Uh, give us a sense of your presence and of your love that means that we've got something to bring when we gather as well. So we ask your care on this congregation this morning. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, folk. Please be seated. And our worship team will come and lead us in the final exercise of worship.